0: Hi, my name's Linda Wang. I'm the founder and CEO of Karuna Skin and Avatara. What I love about beauty is how it can build a person's confidence level. From New York City,
1: you're listening to Beauty is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. This is Mimi Banks, and this is Beauty is Your Business. And today we have Linda Wang, who is the founder and CEO of Karuna Skin and Avatera. Linda, I'm so happy to have this time to chat with you today on Beauty is Your Business. As a friend, as a fellow founder, and as someone who I admire in the beauty industry, Linda and I are actually set up on a blind friend date, and it worked. Yes, it did. <laughs> it was great. I was a big fan of Karuna even before that I met you, but I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are and about your amazing brands.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited. So my name is Linda Wang. I'm the founder of Karuna Skin and also Avatara. I started the company back in 2009. We were the first sheet mask brand launched in the US. So, you know, we've been around the block a few years now. So in 2017, we created a secondary brand called Avatara and it was targeting the mass market. And so um, we're really excited just to having both brands growing at the same time.
1: Tell me about that. How did you come up with the idea? Specifically, the first person to have a sheet mask brand way back in two thousand nine, before everybody was all about their masks.
0: Yeah, it goes back to you know me being a uh, child, just very sensitive to anything beautiful aesthetically. Like I love fashion. I used to play with my mom's makeup all the time, or begging my sister or cousin to braid their hair. I was just obsessed with anything that had to do with beauty. And after college, I started as a buyer and that was my career path. We were trained to look at trends a lot. And so through all the years of traveling to Asia and also being Taiwanese as well, influenced by my mom lives over there, so I'm influenced by All the beauty trends over there, so we stumble on the sheet mask and it really resonated with me and thought that that would be a great, you know, item to bring on this side of the world. And personally, I had skin issues as a child. so. Um, I had a very distinct memory of having eczema and rash on my body and it kept itching And My parents took me to an Eastern doctor and he created this ointment for me and asked me to use a plastic wrap on my rash overnight so nothing can escape. So it really like penetrated my skin and treated the rash and within a couple of days the rash went away. So I was really amazed by that experience and then when I found sheet masks, I realized that, oh, wow, this is kind of work in the similar application, creating that barrier on your skin so your skin can deeply take in the serum. And that's how I started Karuna, just loving having that personal experience and infused with my professional background training.
1: Wow. What was the reaction in 2009 to sheet masks? Like, what do people think? Do they get it? No, nobody's got what <laughs> she asked
0: for. I had to think of a lot of analogies and ways to explain. One of the analogy I always use since 2009 was, you know, imagine you're deep conditioning your hair, right? So like when you're doing a nice deep conditioning, you're putting either like a shower cap or a towel wrap around your head. And so where the towel on your head or the shower cap can really help your hair cuticle to deep condition and take in the nutritional ingredients. So that's where I use that analogy all the time. It's like either we condition our hair every day but we also deep condition it because our hair is looking brittle. The same way with sheet masks, you know, we're putting serum or cream on our face every day, but you do want to deep condition it once a week or twice a week to really giving that nice supple skin.
1: And do they get it? Were people reticent? I'm so curious to know, cause you were at the forefront.
0: So people still didn't understand sheet masks. They would ask questions that, do I rinse off the serum after it's done? because everyone here is so used to the clay, the traditional clay wash off mask. So it took a little education. And at that time, there wasn't social media. I mean, so shocking, right? So wasn't there wasn't Instagram, I think YouTube was just coming about, but not a lot of beauty hacks or how to's on YouTube. But Facebook was just there, but it was still in the infancy stage. So we didn't have the digital platform to widely educate. So a lot of it is just like through word of mouth and education.
1: Fascinating. It was a whole new phenomenon. So it was like a new category that was being created. And now it's just explosive and stores that are dedicated to literally the masks.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think at the same time, you know how Sephora is always so on top of The trend, they saw this coming on. And so at the same time, you know, as luck would have it, we, you know, were able to connect with Sephora. And I think that that really helped to push the sheet mask forward. And just having that, consumers could understand what sheet masks are.
1: And even as a founder, to have an idea or a new category, that takes a lot of confidence. And I would imagine resiliency to introduce something that you've seen work, that you believe in, that you were basically ahead of your time. What do you think was your success?
0: I think it's definitely just never giving up, right? So as you run a business, you go through the highs and lows. And I think it's important to always give your time, yourself time to be upset or be down, you know, something didn't work out, but... I always allow myself, I tell myself, you only have a week. And then after that, you have to get up and push forward. So you do allow yourself to do that. But at the same time, you just have to get up and keep on going.
1: I think that that's great because I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs or founders who listen to the podcast that could be very inspired by your story because I think part of it is getting used to people saying no. And then there's eventually will be someone that says yes.
0: Exactly. I think when you push hard enough, and you continue to do the work you're supposed to do, eventually opportunity and luck will come, but you have to continue at it. And I see that in so many, not just in beauty and just in general with athletes, right? Like all that resilience and working hard, like it's applicable in every profession. And it's really just comes within you how to continue to push forward.
1: And it's also super personal for you, which drives home the point even more because you saw a solution that worked for you and that spoke to you that from something that you suffered from as a child with eczema.
0: While doing like research and development, the reason why I want to create a corona is that, you know, although the application was widely used in Asia, I just couldn't find one. I felt that it was natural enough for me. And then the active ingredients are not in there in the formulation. I had two goals. I wanted to have better fabric as the sheet mask. And that just comes from my fashion background. And so for the formulation, I feel like a lot of them just use like feel good ingredients that really are not going to treat your skin. And so it was really important to look at the active ingredients and really treating the concerns. At certain point, I was so obsessed where I was like, I just want to like patch everything, like any issue I have on my skin. I'm like, I'm just going to use a patch, like a mask, right, to create that barrier because that really does help.
1: That's amazing. And now, can you tell us a little bit about Karuna? What kinds of masks do you have or what are these active ingredients that you think are the most important?
0: So right now, you know, when we first launched in 2009, I launched with six face masks and one eye mask. And 12 years later, those are still our core heritage mask. Um, It's our bread and butter. People love it. We have never reformulated. They just love the efficacy. It's really easy to understand. The product names are very direct of what your skin concerns would be. So if if you're dehydrated, then you'll pick up hydrating mask. If you have acne or clogged pores, you will pick up clarifying mask. So Our formulation, why it works, is because we don't address skin issues on a singular level. We really care about the overall balance and health of your skin. So all of our products, we put in a corona complex in it. So each one of our formulations in our mask has aloe, it has chamomile, It has peptides and hyaluronic acid. So like overall, when you're using a sheet mask, so if you're dressing like just if you're using clarifying because you have a pimple, it's not going to dry out your entire skin. It's going to help to reduce inflammation of the pimple, but at the same time, hydrating your overall skin.
1: I feel like in 2009, nobody was talking about peptides or hyaluronic acid. You were clearly really ahead of the curve here.
0: Thank you. No, I it definitely wasn't a big conversation back then, right? But coming also, again, taking the inspiration from Asia, everything about the Asian culture of skincare is really about hydration, hydration. So they really care about adding hydration back in your skin. Cause that's really, if your skin is not hydrated, it's really, it causes all kinds of problems on the surface. So that's where it was really important to include all that, you know, beneficial ingredients and trendy ingredients in it. And now it's widely used. I mean, I don't see any skincare product, not containing hyaluronic acid these days. Right. So
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think that with social media, consumers are a lot smarter. They talk about the ingredients, they have expectations of ingredients, and they understand what the ingredients do slash should do. So speaking of ingredients, I'm curious to know about Avatara, your new brand.
0: Yeah, so Avatar was created in um, 17 because given my fashion background, knowing how a product like cycle trend happens, trend eventually filters down to the mask category. So it was always on the back of my mind, knowing that when the timing is right, I was going to create a sister brand and offering mask at a lesser price point. Really, Avatar is about targeting Gen Z and that is we would like to be Gen Zs like for everyone's first skincare experience, right? So we offer, you know, again, following the footsteps of Haruna, we offered... Basic masks, really using ingredients like watermelon or avocado or pineapple and aloe and at a really fraction of a price at $2.99, $3 and also focusing on the clean formulation. And that was really important for us with Avatara.
1: No, that's extremely important. I think clean is important. Ingredients are important. Those sound like delicious ingredients also. Do they smell as good as they sound?
0: They actually are all fragrance free. Again, you know, targeting that younger demographic, we really are sensitive about not putting synthetic fragrance in the formulation just because younger skins can tend to be very allergen prone. So we make sure that that is fragrance free. But it's juicy though.
1: <laughs> That's super smart. And so, you know, you've spoken a little bit about. Being really inspired from Asia. Do you go back to Asia often or even in Taiwan? Are you constantly looking at skincare trends for new innovations?
0: Yeah, we go back every year. It's been two years because of COVID, but I still have family there. My mom lives there, and my brother and his wife and their kids live there. So every year we go back. You know, I'm, I'm super inspired every time I go back to Asia. I'm like, constantly on a hunt looking at what's trendy there and what people love. And the interesting thing about Asia is that skincare, everyone is so savvy there. They know what ingredients they want on their skin. And a lot of even just on the skincare marketing side of things, they focus a lot on ingredients versus the story. Um, So that's where I get a lot of trendy ingredients, inspiration, and just looking at even like what category, you know, in skincare is trending, like, for example, like sleeping mask, right, that was probably was trending the cream version of sleeping mask that was trending, I want to say like, eight years ago, you know, Asia is the pioneer of things creating um, new skincare trends. So it's very interesting to see like how you can take the concept and then make it westernized and market in a different continent.
1: Do you think that we've caught up with Asia in terms of our skincare savviness or expertise?
0: I think so. I mean, in terms of product assortment, there's definitely a lot to choose from because, you know, nowadays the internet, you can buy anything digitally, right? So that's very accessible for everyone. But in terms of like, I guess behavior, I have to say that if you go into Asia and you look at like the category uh, between color cosmetics versus skincare, which one performs better. It's always going to be skincare. They know how to take care of their skin. So if they get acne and pimple, it's an open wound. They literally will not wear makeup. They treat it like it's a wound. So you do not add anything to on top of that. So I think that approach is so different, right? Here, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to cover it. And I'm the same way. If I get a pimple, I'm going to cover it. But it's so different there. So it's skincare first.
1: Interesting. That is true. I'm thinking about, can't see this, but my bangs are covering. Speaking of acne, I have a nice set right here. Cover with the bangs instead of makeup. I'll take that as like a strategy and pretend that that was deliberate. So, you know, as really someone who's a pioneer and an innovator in skincare, what do you see as next?
0: We actually just launched a everyday topical skincare line for Karuna at Whole Foods nationwide. And this is an exclusive partnership. And so for us, that's next. And really, and then speaking of trend of what's next, that's something that I've been working on for the last three years. And it's really creating, again, going back to the conversation about balancing, right? Balancing your skin, balancing your body. And so the approach that we took for this new line is by blending four different principles. Again, this goes back to my childhood background, how I was raised. So taking like Ayurveda from India, Chinese medicine from China and uh, adaptogens and blending those like holistic and homopathic approach and using those ingredients and infusing it with Western clinical science ingredients. So that's really the base of the whole line. And I feel like because the few years ago, we had that skincare boom in the category, there was a lot of brands, a lot of DTC brands. Um, It's just a lot of selection. So we decided that accessibility is another huge trend and that consumers currently just, you know, even since COVID, right, everyone people just had a lot of hardship and there's just not a a lot of accessible additional disposable income to spend on things. So for us that creating this line to be clean and at the same time being accessible at a a very sharp price point was really important to us. And at the same time, you know, because there's so many brands out there and so many beauty products to select from, being sustainable is also important. So all of our Componentry has a percentage of using post-consumer recyclable plastics, so that way we can make a difference on this earth.
1: That's huge! Is this the first time Whole Foods has really had a line like this kind of partnership?
0: Yes. So this is the very first partnership for them that is exclusive. So it's very exciting for both of us.
1: Where can we find you? Are you in all the doors?
0: Yeah, so we are in all doors and they just set about two weeks ago. So it's really exciting to see it. If you go to the beauty section, you will definitely see Karuna there. And then also they have like an impulse fixture by the register. And of course, we have to infuse a couple of sheet mask SKUs so you can find our sheet mask in that display.
1: That's so cool. Congratulations. How exciting. I can't wait to go to Whole Foods.
0: Thank you. The whole line is like fifteen ninety nine to twenty two ninety nine. It's so affordable, and what we've noticed that people are to picking up the entire system, right? Because instead of spending, because people generally just have a budget for skincare, you're not going to spend over two hundred dollars, or if you do, then you have to splurge on one product. So I think that it's really exciting for people to just pick up the whole system, and that we make it easy to shop because it's really for all skin types, right? So you continue to build your regimen based on the products and your needs.
1: That's incredible. What advice would you give to other founders or people who are trying to get into retail? Because I think that's also hard is that if you have a concept or you have a great product of what it's like to actually get into those doors.
0: I think you have to be ready to know how to manage that business because once you get into retail, they're going to expect you to know how to run your business. So from looking at your weekly sales report, right? Identifying what things are working, what is not working and addressing those, right? On your next buy meeting or a line review, just recommending that this SKU is not performing as well as we would like to. Let's swap this out with another SKU. Just really get involved in the business itself. And it really depends on what type of retailer. So if you go into a prestigious retailer, I think the demand is different, right? So if, it's, if you're going into a Sephora or Alta, then you definitely need to have your it feels sales team ready, right? To go into stores and train and educate. And that is a big component of success being those retailers. But if you go into mass retailers, like a Target or Whole Foods, like those demands are a little bit different, but ultimately it's whatever is the best fit for you. Generally, when you are a smaller brand, it gets a little bit challenging, right? To support a national retailer, especially if you the retailer requires like field sales team and that can get challenging. But of course there are companies out there can, you can outsource and help you with that.
1: Totally. And how important, and this is not self-serving, I promise you. How important, just I'm curious, is social media these days? Like, do they look at your social? Do you do partnerships with the retailers for social? Because I've heard that a lot of retailers give you specifics or they have criteria about what they expect your community to look like.
0: We definitely haven't had that kind of demand, which is great. So for us, it's been great. But for us, we just pretty much manage it the way we think the brand should come across. So for example, like Avatar brand is gearing to a younger demographic. So for us, we feel like Instagram is just not as relevant. So we're shifting our focus over to TikTok. It just seems like that's a, a better platform for us, but you still have to manage both platforms or I think there are so many different social platforms just to have to identify which one is the best for the brand. But yeah, we've never had retailers telling us what we need to do.
1: But that's actually amazing because I've heard the opposite. So it's so refreshing to hear that. And even though I work in social media, it's good because I know a lot of people feel that pressure. But I think what you said is also super important is to think about your audience and demographic that you probably shouldn't spread yourself too thin and just be on a platform for the sake of it, but to be on the platform that is where your audience is.
0: Exactly. I agree. I mean, for Karuna, we have this influencer that we work with and we do a lot of partnerships with, but majority of her followers follow her on Facebook. Wow. I know, right? And she's young, like she's in her 30s, early 30s, but she has a very engaging following on Facebook and she does Facebook Live every day. And so they do follow her on Instagram, but majority of her followers are on Facebook.
1: What's interesting though, is that if she has traction on Facebook, that's huge because it's so hard as a brand or even like talent to get that kind of traction. So the people that are invested are very invested because that's the only way you see content on Facebook is if you're actually really invested in a page, a brand, a creator or something. So that's actually really kind of incredible.
0: No, she's, she's seriously amazing. Anything she says and talks about people buy them. They're super engaging. And even that, cause she's, sharing our products and they purchase on our site and they even would email me to give feedback. So just an amazing group of people. It's very fascinating.
1: Well, that's the best kind of community, the community that actually listens to the influencer, the community that takes feedback and that community that actually will purchase based on a recommendation. This is kind of my running joke. I don't know if you know Christina Zilber of Juwe Cosmetics. A running joke is that literally anything that she recommends I buy. (laughs) So she has a whole series of like Amazon things. And she has like a whole Instagram page, like dedicated to her curated Amazon lists. And I am like the first person to say, okay, no matter what she posts, I'm way into buying exactly what she recommends because I trust her taste so implicitly.
0: No, she has great taste. So you're following the right person. (laughs) But it's crazy because that's like the true
1: power of, of influence. I mean, I love this model because it's more interesting to, you know, see where they are, find where they are versus always taking that traditional path that so many brands are used to doing, or I think I would say feel forced to do sometimes because everybody else is there or their competitors are there or someone's telling them that's where they should be.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I think when it comes down to it, it just really, you have to know your customers and Knowing that what they're gonna react and not react and and hopefully not get influenced so much by, you know, what needs to be done. Cause a lot of times like it could feel, I guess, challenged because like you have the retailers telling you what you need to do versus what you right. think is right for the brand, right?
1: I mean, I think this is super valuable advice. I think you've broken some, I think for me at least, some pre existing misconceptions that I had about what the supposed tos or what someone is asking of you as a brand as a founder to go into retail so i think that that's really valuable and i can't even believe how fast this time has gone by in our conversation i'm so happy that you were able to join us today
0: same here i know every time our conversation always feels like it's really short never enough time never enough time so if
1: someone's listening wants to contact you where's the best way to find you
0: You can email me. That probably is the best way. You can email me at Linda at Karunaskin, K A R U N A S K I N dot com.
1: Linda, thank you so much for being on Beauty is Your Business. I loved catching up with you. I can't wait until we can catch up in person soon. This is Mimi Banks signing off. This has been Beauty is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.